This week, the Working Tools Podcast is on the road at the Conference of Grandmasters of North America, being held right here in Seattle, Washington. So our format's a little different. We're going to have a series of short interviews with the attendees. We hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. You're live. Well, we're being, well, we're being recorded anyway. No, I didn't see So we are sitting with Right Worshipful Brother Chris Haynes, who is the Junior Grand Warden of the Most Worshipful Grand Lodge of Free and Accepted Masons of Washington. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. <laughs> Two of my favorite brothers. Well, thank you. One of them at least, right? <laughs> yeah, we won't say which is which. Is uh, so have you been here before to the Grandpa's Grandmasters? I have not been here before. This is my first time. I'm very excited about it, getting to meet brothers from all over the country. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and and also, this is my hometown. So, to be able to sort of be an ambassador, if you will, it's been a lot of fun, right? Because you're, you're actually a Seattleite, even it's not like you're from oh, I live 20 minutes from here. Fantastic, cool. So you went on some tours yesterday or the day before, and you had the Western Conference. What what came out of the Western Conference that you think you? Oh, well, well yeah, you said you yeah, presented. I did, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, the Western Conference was really great because it created a regional focus of uh, what other grand lodges in the West Western region are dealing with, and I was asked to present real estate and Freemasonry. And uh, a little something I know about. A little bit, a little bit. Um, but, you know, I teach classes that are hours long. I try to compress it into 15 minutes at a 36,000-foot level. Yeah. Uh, it's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, but it was well-received, and there was a lot of recognition that many grand lodges are all dealing with the same issues of real estate affecting their, their buildings and, 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 and affecting Freemasonry yeah. and their states. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and just like with all other issues of Freemasonry, we're all dealing with the same issues too. That's right. It's just, you know, it's not just about buildings. It's about all aspects of Freemasonry. So this is kind of what that conference is about, to try and come together and talk about those things too. Right? And that's really my main goal today is just to, and throughout the weekend, is just to kind of listen to other people that are also trying to resolve issues in their own grand lodges and have some success. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. I know you got to get into the session, yeah, but really appreciate it. So glad to see you. Good to talk to you as always. Great talking with both of you. Thank you so much. All right, much. take care. Thanks. Good afternoon. We're here again at the Conference of Grandmasters, and we snagged uh, our fellow brother here, Nico, from District 13. So, and you're going to introduce yourself, please. Nico Aldejando, St. Andrews Lodge Number 35 in Renton, Washington. Past master oh, of past St. Masters. Yes, I forgot yes. about that. <laughs> Little small thing. So I, before we even get started, there's something cool that you did at your installation uh, about your apron. Would you share that with the audience? I, I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah. It's the reason that uh, my fiance thinks I don't like fancy aprons. Um, <laughs> so what ended up happening at my install, oh, my outstallation, is one thing I've always believed the craft 
lacks when it comes to attaining different titles is remembering that we're always on the level. And one thing I'd learned from Dave, actually my year as master, is hey, we can actually wear the apron that we were initiated with. And he wore it to an installation or something like that. And I was like, your apron's falling apart. What is wrong with you? Why would you take it out? And um, it was something I had always thought about after getting my apron. It was something that we were supposed to wear, but I'd never seen anyone wear it. And so I realized all the way up to this point is I have put no work in as a mason with my apron. And so for my installation, I requested to get my apron that has never been out of the tube. And I was going to wear that as my past master's apron um, to show that, for one, I'm out of the East. I'm back on the level with the rest of the craft. Fancy apron doesn't make me anything else. Yeah. And to go put in work with my original apron. Yeah. Did you? Ooh, I'm curious, Matt. Did you wear your white apron around when you were traveling and stuff, or did you leave it in the tube? I wear it sporadically at best. Okay. I would say uh, I wore it more once I first got it, and over time, it's gotten lesser and less because whatever I've got a past master's apron now, and a, yeah, you know, whatever you. I wear the one I feel is appropriate, but I like to wear it to like initiations. I used to wear it to initiations more. Just oh, to, that's good. Just to that'd be an interesting but, effect. See everyone in. in well, that's what uh, I know. Verity, they do at least a third degree. They kind of require, request everybody to be all in white. Even the officers and everybody is all in white. Really? Everybody's, yeah. I think it's a cool effect. It's a very cool effect. At first, I, when they, I wasn't prepared for it. And so when we came in there and they said, oh, white apron. So I was like, wait a minute. I earned this apron. I get to wear it. And then I went, okay, David, calm down. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, it is a really cool effect. It's really cool. There's actually, I, along the same lines, years ago, I proposed introducing a resolution to. Because currently, if you're whatever a past district deputy, you, you retain the title of very worshipful or whatever. I was thinking about uh, introducing a resolution to eliminate that, so you would have the, the title while you were serving in the office. Oh. But then afterwards, you would you would relinquish it and return to being brother. I I considered worshipful brother being different because you get a vote at Grand Lodge if you're a worshipful brother, so it's slightly different. But um, I, I talked to a couple people about that, and specifically one Grand Lodge officer at the time who told me, yeah, that's never going to pass. I don't know what you're thinking. So it was, but I, I still think it's not a bad idea. Honestly. Yeah. I, I wore my white apron right away because I knew I, I was in the officer line, basically the night of installation. And so I start, I, they had said, when you got your apron, it's yours. Yours to wear through your Masonic journey. And, and then they took it away from me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was mine. And then as I went up the line, I started asking questions. I said, well, why are we taking this away from him? Well, because he may not come back, and, you know, we need to write the dates in there. Well, I got through Master Mason. They never still didn't write the dates in there. But but I thought, well, uh, I, I was already in the line, and assuming that I don't screw up, I'm going to be the master in the next three or four years, so I'm never going to get to wear this white apron again. So I wore it traveling all the time, and people would say, oh, that's cool. Why? That's a good idea. And you, you had mentioned that the one was at my installation. I wore one that was kind of tattered and falling apart. And actually, that was my wife's grandfather's white apron that wasn't buried with him. When I was installed as master 11 years ago, they, his, her dad, his grandfather, presented it. I guess it was her great-grandfather. They presented it to me as I was going in the east, so it was really kind of cool. Yeah. And a little picture with him with it on. And so I've kept that in the office, and I thought, and I think what prompted me was that I had heard that you were going to do that. 
I think. I, I, or maybe maybe I'm just. Being, I think you know, <laughs> I, I thought, call you a lot. I probably told you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought I, this is this will be a cool opportunity to pay tribute to my wife and to her family and those that kind of got me involved and to go back to our origins. Because and I remember asking Al Jorgensen, who was my mentor, and I said, "Can I wear my white apron?" I was thinking about wearing it the whole year, and then I realized how tattered it was. I couldn't do that. And he goes, "You're the master. You could do whatever you want." <laughs> I think on the the topic of lodges taking the apron away after you're initiated, I you you just made me think about this. Is this is the first chance of responsibility that you can give to a mason, and the first thing you do is say, "Hold up, we don't think you're responsible enough to actually hold this and commit to your obligation and continue." That's that's an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for I sure. think our lodge we give it. I think our lodge, we give it to the guy and then we tell him to bring it back for his next degree so that he can wear the same one for all three degrees. Yeah. yeah. We do as well, but doesn't always have, he doesn't always remember. <laughs> but we try to remember, we try to remind him. Yeah. 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 Well, very cool. Well, thank you very much for popping yeah. on real yeah. quick and having a quick chat. And awesome. uh, this is, this is, if you, uh, so you've, you've kind of floated around, I guess. We could extend this a little bit. Uh, you kind of floated around. Did you get into the first general session? Were you in the first general session opening? I was in the first general session opening. I left a little bit towards the end to go look around and yeah, stand yeah. up for a little bit. But uh, yeah. it was it was interesting. I came to see what it was like to meet a lot of people. This is your first it's, your first one? Yeah, yeah first time. Um, only the biggest thing I've been to is Grand Communication for Washington, which you know, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I did not expect this many people to come out. <laughs> it's kind of mind-boggling to see people from all around the world that flew out here. And uh, it makes me think, why does Washington, in general, why do we not have more of a show when we live 20, 30 minutes down the road? <laughs> You've got these people that have traveled from around the world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we should be better travelers. <laughs> For sure. There is some kind of an international conference that happens. I don't know if it's every three years or five years. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I know it exists. Come on, Matt. You, should know. Know, you know all the facts and figures. No. Yeah, well, I, he's got the power of the internet in his hands. But yeah, I, I know it was in San Francisco like four years ago. I think it was pre-COVID. It was in San Francisco. And I, yep. I should have gone. I knew I should have gone because it was so close. And that would have been really cool to go. But uh, there's, there's things like this that happen. I, I assume they have other – like I know that there's a Western conference that happens like on th- Friday – before the events really start here. And then there's also like a central conference and an eastern conference. And so each area, each geographical area of the North America gets together and talks about the issues that are relevant to them. And that was fun. I, nine years ago when they had it in Vancouver, when they had this in Vancouver, I was able to go up and be part of that. And it was really fun to rub shoulders and, you know, talk to, ask questions. And I was a relatively new Mason still then, five, six years. And so I was still asking a lot of questions. I guess I'm still asking a lot of questions. But I don't think you've stopped asking <laughs> questions. Nope. nope. I highlighted my – one of the highlights was we were going up the escalator, and I was just peppering people. It was Al and <laughs> Bill Miller and all, you know, all these people. And Bill Miller, you know, if Bill Miller has a straight face. He just yeah, – do not want to play poker with him. He turns to me and says, you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I said, 
Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll assume that's a compliment. So that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, good. That's, that's a good thing for Masons yeah. to ask questions. If we're not asking questions, we're not getting anywhere meaningful. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Exactly. Trying to find that. So I know there's some really cool stuff happening, some of the other things, that sessions that are happening in the future, and I'm looking forward to those and look forward to grabbing some other guys and getting them to answer some tough questions about you got topics any? of Freemasonry. Oh, you got one more? Tough sure. question. Go for it. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't see. That's. A, I thought I was registered, but I guess I'm not actually registered. So I need to get registered so and have a book. But I was looking at the. the, 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 the I, I guess, guess this is kind of off topic now. No, no, whatever. <laughs> on, the, on the pamphlet, I mean, the only things that you have to have a ticket for are just all the paid events. Right. Just so I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'd point. I'd, I'd point him out. <laughs> that one. He doesn't have a lanyard. <laughs> no, there, there's one. I've been looking for him. There's yeah. one specific person that has to register us. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I talked to Clint. Clint, I know you're not watching this, but <laughs> I talked to Clint, and he said, yeah, I got you signed up. And I assumed everything was kosher, but I guess not. So whatever. I got a, I got a copy of it, and my, our compatriot here, Matt, has a copy of the pamphlet, so we'll figure out some cool topics. I know there's some things that are a little bit uh, controversial in uh, discussion, so we'll see. I don't know if we can sneak in and get any recordings of those or not, but maybe we can get the speakers on to talk about it. So. Well, anyway, well, thank you so thank much. So Appreciate you hanging yeah, out with us for a few minutes. All right. Well, thank you, right. guys. We'll be back and luck. have some more conversations with some other guys. Bye now. A hater, if you will. <laughs> and, and, and this is a guy, if anybody knows how to use a mic. My wife says that's the most dangerous place on the planet is between me and a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to the Conference of Grandmasters. We've got uh, a, another special guest. Would you please introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Right Worshipful Roger Nelson. I am Senior Grand Warden for the Grand Lodge of Washington. And, and a fan of this podcast. <laughs> I, I always say that so I don't end up on the editing room floor. <laughs> so I assume this is not the first time you've been to this event? Uh, this is my second time. Second? Where was last year? I can't remember. Crystal City, which Washington, D.C. for all intents okay. and purposes. Nice. Uh, nice. Marvelous. A little better weather here, maybe. No. <laughs> at least I'm used to it. From where we're sitting now, it's all the same. Yeah, so right. It doesn't matter too much. True. That's, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Robert Rogers from the opposite side of the state, the much for more. The past 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fourth generation, Pierce County. And uh, 25 years ago, I moved to Spokane to work for a couple of radio stations for what I thought would be a couple of years. And I met a girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been there ever since. Yeah, nice. So, you, you're back. Are you? What is it you enjoy about coming back? I was going to ask why you're here, but it's I guess to the conference of grandmasters. So many different camera angles on the same subject and issues that face Freemasonry today. Um, as as you probably saw in the presentation from the brother from Wisconsin. Their initiatives in reclaiming the narrative are very much like we're doing in the Grand Lodge of Washington, but they're approaching it a little bit differently. In addition, for instance, to they're not doing any broadcast in traditional television or radio, but they are doing over-the-top streaming television. They're doing uh, Facebook and Instagram, if you will, uh, but they're also doing some, some targeted display. And the interest in Freemasonry, as, as we've all seen, it's... 
it's growing more and more and probably more than we've seen since the end of World War II. And so how are we going to respond? Right. And I know they have a really amazing seeker follow-up program in Wisconsin. They use, I think it's HubSpot as their CRM. Yeah. And they've got regional guys that do all the follow-up and it's just a machine. And it's that really, really is the key. I mean, throughout North America, that has been the problem. Over 80% of the men that reach out, nobody's following up with them. Yeah. And, and in the Grand Lodge of Washington, I think that's singularly the most important advancement we've made in the past year is, aside from, don't call these guys, text them. <laughs> in addition to that, is making sure at the district level, we've got somebody that's managing prospect managers. And in each lodge, a prospect manager, it's not the master, it's not the secretary. It's the newest, you know, newest master mason that's still on fire. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. And as we heard from Zane's message this morning in the opening speech, that it's not just about membership. It's not just about those, but it's retention and what the lodge culture is like. Those things are so important as well to keep that fire burning, continue to keep it going. We can't have Masons going out the back door as fast as they're coming in the front. And and, and very worshipful Zane and and his presentation that he's done for a couple of years now with, uh, with Ken Lane on the elephant in the room. Yeah. I really do believe that they are 100% correct in saying we should not be shoehorning Masons into their nearest lodge. We should be making sure that they're going to the lodges that offer what they are looking for. Maybe it is just social. You know, maybe maybe they're only interested in pancake breakfasts. And, and maybe that's the way it is this year. But in two or three years or five years, as they grow as a man as a mason, they might discover. Oh, change. you know, I was I would admit that was kind of more social guy. I didn't I didn't know what masonry should be for me, and my lodge was just that's what I became. And now, 15 years later, I'm a little leaning a little more on that. Oh, I like to know this stuff. What's what's going on here? What smells? work best in which degrees, you know, those kind of things. So. If, if you get the opportunity, if you see him walk by, grab him with both hands and duct tape him down, <laughs> most worshipful Akram Elias, mm. uh, past grandmaster of Washington, D.C., oh, okay. and he was the Prestonian lecturer last year, yeah, okay. and he talks about the focal point that's coming up in July of 26, which will be greater than we've had in, in probably over a century, the 250th anniversary, we will have more young men interested in Freemasonry than we do. But are we, are we going to be ready? Yeah. Are we going to be ready? Right. Do you feel ready? Yeah. Well, as, as a lodge, as a grand lodge? Well, 2026 is going to be a big year. Especially, especially, year. especially for you, right? Uh, I'll actually... Or will you be, you'll be just finishing, I'll be I guess. A, I'll be a month. I'll be a, a has-been for a month at that point. Sure, but you'll get half of the year, half yeah, of the 26, sure. you know. So. It's a week. I don't think there's been anybody on the Grand Lodge the past few years that really considers it, quote-unquote, my year or sure. his year. Sure, sure. Yeah. Which, it's nice not to come into scorched earth every 12 months, right? <laughs> I was, we were talking to uh, Chris Haynes earlier, and he was saying, not necessarily on this, but in another conversation, he was saying that you're continuing to focus on the six supports. And, of course, I'm a little bit, uh, you should little bit, little bit biased to those. You should be very but, proud of that. But, that, but it's, uh, it's really neat to hear that that's happening. At least, if nothing else, at least there's a focus. <laughs> well, true. And, and I think it's a disservice. This is not going to be popular with some of my brethren, but I think it's a disservice to ask someone, so what are you going to, asking someone that's making themselves available for the Grand South, so what are you going to focus on as Grand Master? Well, that, that 
presumes that he's going to know what's going to happen the next three years. Right. And you have to be able to adapt. So what didn't get attended to? Which of those supports got the strongest attention? And so hopefully with those six, they'll at least have a blueprint for at least one or two of them. Yeah. 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 And if you just go through them and rinse and repeat. Absolutely. Rinse and repeat. Advance. Yeah. You just spend most of the year undoing what happened the previous year. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, I see why they pay you so much is to put up with this sarcasm. You two do a wonderful job for the craft, and I really appreciate. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. well, we're, we're unfortunately we're not joined by our other host Steve Chung, and uh, we may have a new guy coming on. So if you watch the last two shows. Uh, actually, I guess it'll be the next two shows. Uh, Craig is joining us, and so there's a good chance that Craig may be our new host. But we'll, we'll you know, I said it on air now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Steve, Steve Chung is not able to join us this weekend. But uh, we, actually, he was the he was one of the three original founders, and so we have to give credit to Steve. I came in about two months into it, so I'm almost a founder. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fun six years. It's hard to believe it's been almost six years. Yeah, it's our sixth season. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun just getting to talk to different masons and, and exactly. different people about different topics. And exactly. Read books that I otherwise might not have read or might not have read so critically, knowing that we have to... Now I'm talking about why podcasting is cool. But, uh, <laughs> there are so many great contemporary books on masonry. Yes. Yeah. And, and but, I mean, not, not by conspiracy theorists and you know, the yeah. wackadoodles. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that we're going to have some accountability, that someone is going to ask me questions about it, and that we're going to have a discussion <laughs> that other people may or may not listen to, really makes you concentrate on what you're reading. And, you know, and that's why you guys only do a chapter at a time more often than not, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're doing a deep dive on the Freemasons for Dummies. So talk about contemporary works. It's, you know, that's... He's a wonderful... Uh, Christopher's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's been... Uh, we, you know, it's funny, we have... We all have said now, I think, that we tell people to read it, but we've never read it ourselves. Oh. And so... I read it years and years ago. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> I had my first edition one. <laughs> And so going through it, though, and really reading and studying and talking about it, is a, it's a amazing, actually it's an amazing book. Lots to glean from. What is the book that you recommend to men first who are interested in Freemason? I try generally, I mean, I've, I've mentioned Freemasons for Dummies before. I've tried generally to get men not to look into it too much before they join, like before they're coming up to your initiation or your Master Mason degree or whatever. I've... My personal opinion is I would rather have them come in with a fresh set of eyes without preconceived notions. Shock and awe moment. Exactly. That, that, that's generally what I tell people is not to read not to read too much. Not to, I mean, obviously they know the guys. They know some of the stuff, but it's... I, I have to answer the same. I, if, if anything, it would probably be Freemasons for Dummies, but we'll ask you. What, what book do you recommend? Darn. I was hoping <laughs> you could notice that I flipped the tables on you and he'd become the interviewer. <laughs> depends sure. on the person. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, it's it's a pilgrim's path. Yeah, you know, I, that still holds yeah. up so very well. Plus, it was by someone that had no exposure to Freemasonry yeah. and answers virtually any question someone might have. Yeah. Granted, it's not as contemporary as I would like. And then if they tend to be a little more on the esoteric path, you know, I explain to them that, and this is just my own interpretation, is that Masonry is a trailhead. And from there are so many beautiful paths of enlightenment. Yeah. And if they agree with me and say that that's something they're interested in, more often than not, I'll lead them to Manly P. Hall's uh, Secret Teachings of All Ages, uh, which is not meant to be read, you know, cover to cover. It's like, 
you know, Marcus Aurelius's meditations, you open it up to the page you're supposed to have that day. And, right, you know, right. And I, this, this is in no way comparison, but honestly, Freemasons for Dummies is a little bit that way. He even says that. You don't have to read it chapter to chapter or cover to cover. You can just flip open to the section you want to read about that day and learn about it and close it and come back to it. And so it's, it's interesting to see how that's become a neat study manual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does a good job of talking a lot about masonry and conveying good information about it without giving too much away and without having to yeah. wander into topics that might not be appropriate for non-masons to or they might not care about, frankly, but also might not be appropriate to discuss with them. So. I kind of twisted the guy's arms to read this one. When I was master 11 years ago the first time, uh, my wife wanted to kind of be involved. We had young kids, and so she said, what can I do, what can I do? And I said, well, we could, you know, we, maybe we could do a book study. And so she picked Freemasons for Dummies. And so she was teaching the ladies while we were in the lodge room. She was teaching the ladies, or not, I shouldn't say teaching, they were learning together. They'd read a chapter and then come back and talk about it the next month. And so I'd get questions from the guys in the lodge saying, what, what, do you, what does your wife teach you, my wife? What do you mean? Well, they're, my wife's asking me questions I don't know the answers to. I said, well, maybe you should read the book. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sometimes great. from without, sometimes from <laughs> Sounds so hermetic to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the next, at the next lodge leadership retreat, they asked her to come and teach the ladies program how to develop and teach a uh, book study program. So she was so nervous because she's not a public speaker really at all. Uh, but she did a really amazing job. And I was excited because the first time I went to Lodge Leadership Retreat as a new Mason, the whole weekend was, you know, table centers and how to do this and how to do the installations. And, and she kind of sheepishly stood up at the end of the class and they, you know, said, anybody have any questions? Yeah, my husband's going to be master next year. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lynn, we'll help, we'll help you. We'll help you. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So she kind of built her own path and figured out what to do and how to do it, and helped those that she could. And yeah, it was great. There you go. Well, I think you have a session here five minutes I, ago. That's a very so. polite way of getting me to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I really appreciate the work you guys do. Thank you so Best much. Yeah, it's great to have Thank you, Roger. you. Thank you very much.